Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, internationally recognized branding consultant and best-selling author of the books, Move the Ball and Dominate the Game. By having a relentless mentality, I've pushed boundaries and gotten into rooms with pro athletes and power players, built a successful business, and moved the ball in male-dominated industries. Now, I'm using my same of the ball methodology to help thousands of people dominate their game when it comes to their brands and creating opportunities. This podcast is all about uncovering strategies of the world's best athletes and business leaders to help you get to that next level. Join me in conversations that will elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey there, thanks for joining me for today's episode. Before we get into the show, there's a few things that I'm going to mention, which are things I say all the time, by the way. First, if you haven't already done so, be sure that you hit that follow button on whatever platform you are listening to the show on so that you never miss a future episode. There are great guests coming up and they have got very insightful perspectives to share on how to continue to not just move the ball, but also so that you can dominate your game. And second, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please share it with some friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers too. You've heard me mention this many times on the show that this season I'm on a mission to help you get stuff done and make things happen. There's a Michael Jordan quote that says, some people want it to happen, some wish it would happen, others make it happen. And that's what we are all about over here as part of this move the ball movement, keeping things moving and making shit happen. When you look at people who are at the top of their game and who are dominating, at its core, it comes down to their beliefs their confidence, and their choices. What I wanted to do for today's show is talk about some of the choices that I made throughout my career that allowed me to excel. Some of you may know that I sit on the board of executive partners for the University of Southern California for USC's Master of Business for Veterans program, MBB program. Quick plug for them, it's an incredible graduate program for veterans who want to continue their education and get an MBA level curriculum as part of their career progression. I was on a phone call a few weeks ago with a fellow board member, and she had asked me, what did I do to be able to be in senior leadership in a Fortune 50 company in my 20s? I really liked the question, and what I wanted to do today is share with you some of the choices that I made, some of the things that I did to stand out and accelerate my career. First, what I did was I took ownership over my career. I do quite a number of talks on career advancement and professional development, and I run into a number of people who will say to me that they always thought that someone else would be looking out for their career and that they weren't really aware of the need to actively manage it themselves. They thought that HR or their manager would be looking out for their career growth, and so they weren't really focused on that. The reality is, Well, if you have a good boss and a good HR team and a culture of promoting professional growth, yeah, they might be looking out for your advancement in some part, but it really is up to you to take command, to take charge, and really proactively manage where you want to go in your career. It's like I say in Dominate the Game. In that book, I say you've got to own your game. And as I also say in my Move the Ball book, you are the quarterback, and so it's up to you to drive that forward ball movement with your career. Included in taking ownership is understanding where it is you want to go. What are your career goals? What do you want to do in the long term? What should that assignment look like? What do you want it to be? During job interviews, sometimes an interview may ask you, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Or where do you want to go in your career? 
these are very important questions to not just be able to answer in an interview, but it's also good for you to have that clarity of where it is you're looking to go. Makes sense. In Move the Ball, there's a chapter called What Does It Mean to Win? And that section of the book is all about defining your goals, including what you want out of your career and what success looks like. If you don't know where you want to go, you can't fully own your game because you have no idea what game it is you're playing to begin with. So, I mean, it's so simple, but a lot of people, they don't grasp this idea. Let me take an example here for you. When I set out into my corporate career, I knew where I wanted to ultimately get to, the Fortune 500 C-suite. I wanted to be the CEO, the big dog, and I had an idea of the types of roles I should look for to help position me for those opportunities as my career progressed. I knew the industry I wanted to focus on, that being aerospace, defense, aviation, and I made sure that I built a playbook around the types of jobs I wanted and also incorporated in strategies to help me navigate and advance. Now, there are so many things that I could tell you on this episode, and it would make it a super long show. So what I wanted to do today is I picked out a few things to emphasize, and I'm going to save some others for another time. So stay tuned. This episode is like part one, and part two of this career discussion will be coming out very soon. So if you're not already doing so, again, be sure that you follow the podcast so that you don't miss out on a future episode, and you're also in the know for when part two drops. And if you like what I share today, I would ask that you also pass this episode on to some friends or colleagues or teammates. Be sure to share with them as well. And for those of you that might be in corporate, something that I've been talking to a lot of different big companies, their employee resource groups about this show being a resource for them. So if you're in a big company and you're a part of a women's network or a veterans network or some other employee resource group, I'd love for you to pass this on for them as well so they can make it available for their members because I do provide a number of tips that are important on how you can navigate and grow your career. All right, so remember my goal was Fortune 500 C-suite. I was focused on engineering and technical roles in the beginning of my career, and then it was about crossing over into the business side and then looking more at roles that focused on strategic planning, program management and execution, marketing, M&A, P&L, product line growth, those types of roles. I was very clear on what I was interested in, and then I also knew what roles I didn't want to do or where I didn't want to focus on, and I'm emphasizing this right now because I work with a lot of people who are looking for a new job, and I ask them, well, what is it that you want to do? And some of them, they're like, I don't know, Jen, I'm not really sure. Now, sometimes this is because they're looking to make a career change and pivot. Other times, they really just don't know where they want to go. As an example, I work with some transitioning service members, and so they're not sure where they want to go. They don't know what to do after the service or even professional athletes. Again, when they're done playing the game, they're hanging up those cleats. They're unsure of what they can do from their skills. And so this is so important to understand what is it that you want to do. Take a deep dive and look at what interests you, what excites you, and get clarity on where you want to go in your career. And then for me, as a branding expert, I mean, for me to help people, I really need to know what interests them so I can help position their background so they can get that next amazing job. So it's really critical to figure this out. And again, spend some time. If you don't know where you want to go, 
that's like basic. You got to understand what does success look like for you? What is your objective? And another reason why I wanted to bring this up and talk about my goal being in the Fortune 500 C-suite is people will ask me at times, why seven degrees? And they'll make comments like, did you not know what it is you wanted to do? Is that why you kept going to school? And no, that wasn't the case. There wasn't a lack of clarity. I always knew what the objective was. For me, it was really about how can I continue to contribute and differentiate and position myself to get into the C-suite? Now, you don't need seven degrees to do that. Obviously, I know no one who has that many degrees. Also, it wasn't part of my original playbook to get all of those degrees. However, I was fortunate to work for companies who were generous with their education benefits. And so I decided to leverage that benefit with these companies. I mean, they were offering it to their employees. And so I ended up getting four of my seven degrees fully paid for, including law school. And if you've ever looked at law school, that is a very expensive undertaking. So because that benefit was available, I decided to take advantage of it and utilize a benefit that they made available to their employees. So going back to the Fortune 500 C-suite, I didn't keep going to school and get these degrees so that I could pivot and go in a different direction in my career. I knew that having this education would be beneficial for the path that I wanted to be on. And again, it would not just differentiate me on paper and on that resume, but also in the value that I contributed to the team. Throughout my career, I was always known as someone who brought a different perspective into the boardroom or the meeting. I could spot issues or risks that other people didn't think about. I could drive critical thinking and challenge assumptions, respectfully, of course, using data and my experience. And so I became known for that, as well as someone that could foster creative thinking, solve problems in innovative ways, and drive more enriching discussions, and also healthy debates. I mean, sometimes people have different opinions, and it was great that I worked for companies that welcomed that kind of dialogue. And so I wasn't afraid to throw things in the mix when I thought there was value-added conversation to be had by inserting comments or having people think about something from a different perspective. And so I was always known as being able to do that. I wasn't afraid to stand up and challenge thinking on something. If I thought, again, there was a good reason to bring in another perspective into the mix. And for the most part, that was appreciated. I mean, it's not just about talking for talking's sake. It's about driving value. So the other thing is driving value in a different way than everyone else. That's something that I was looking at. How can I stand out from other people? How do I separate myself from everyone else in the room? And I'm going a little off from where I originally wanted to go with this point, but just to wrap up this thing. So you got to be someone who is recognized as bringing value to the organization. I mean, even with the pro athletes you hear on the show, some of the guys who have played in the NFL for many years talk about one of the things that helped ensure a longer career for them was being somebody who focused on value and bringing what the team needed. So even if that meant switching to play a different position, that's what they did so that they were a contributor. Same is true for us off the field. Now, to get back to the original point about knowing where you want to go in your career, when you know where you want to go, you can then map out the skills, the positions, the projects, the experience that you need to have to set you on the path to achieve those career objectives. So that clarity, again, is really important. Now, of course, you can change your mind on your career goals over time. Priorities change, interests change, et cetera. But the point is, right now, if you aren't sure of where you want to go in your career, take some time to really figure that out. In my Dominate the Game book, there is a chapter called What Color is Your Jersey? 
And in that chapter, I give you quite a number of questions to think about that might help you as you go through this discovery process. It's a very important exercise. So please, if you're not clear, I've spent a number of minutes on this point. Make this a priority to figure out your career goals. Now, coming back to mine, Fortune 500 C-suite, I knew the types of roles I was interested in, I knew what skills I needed to continue to work on and to develop, and I made sure to look for assignments that did just that. Now, when I say assignments, I don't just mean looking for a new job. While in a position, I took on other projects that I thought would give me experience while still in the same position. And volunteering to take on projects, assuming that you deliver on them, that's a very important point, it is a great way to not only gain experience, but also to get noticed by other people as someone who goes above and beyond, or also to get noticed as someone who cares about being a contributor to the organization. In Move the Ball, I talk about a pie model that was created by a guy named Dr. Harvey Coleman. It stands for Performance, Image, and Exposure. I'm not going to get into the model in detail here. I also did an episode of this podcast last year called Jen's Playbook, How to Move the Ball in Your Career. It released in September of 2022. It's part of season three. There, I discussed the pie model and some other tips on how to navigate and advance in your career as well. So I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. There is also a link in the show notes for this episode to make it very easy for you to find that one. So go check that one out. What I want to focus on here, though, is the E of that pie model, which is exposure. Who knows about you? This is something I was very, very focused on early in my career. I wanted people to know who I was and that I was here to make shit happen, to get stuff done. I was here to move the ball. Now, I hadn't yet come up with that phrase, the move the ball part, but that's what I was doing. I wanted people to know that I could get things done. I wanted to get noticed because that's important when it comes to accelerating your career and getting great jobs. Who the heck knows about you? If people don't know, then opportunities are not going to be presented to you because they don't know who you are. Of course, you could go apply on job boards and stuff like that for roles, but it's always good, especially if you're looking to grow internally in your career, make sure people know about you within your company. This is something that I've always focused on when I was in corporate and also now as a business owner too. Well, as a business owner, you obviously want people to know about you because entrepreneurs need people to know who they are so they can decide if they want to work with you, right? Duh, okay, got it. But I mean, even when it comes to my real estate business, it wasn't just about homeowners and prospective clients knowing about me. I wanted other agents to know me. I mean, we're professionals in the same industry, so that's important because you may interact with them, but you can also learn and grow from each other. Also, I wanted the leaders, the founders, the big dogs of the real estate brokerage that I worked for to know me. So what did I do to do that? I made sure that I got noticed in the first two months of joining the organization. Some of you know, I work for the number one brokerage in Chicago at Properties, Christie's International Real Estate. It's number one in my area of Barrington, Illinois, and it's also number eight in the nation. So it's no small outfit. Well, two weeks after I joined this brokerage, we had our annual conference in the city of Chicago. And so that was it. I knew that that was step one of my playbook of getting noticed. So what I did was I made sure to seek out at least one of the owners while I was there. And so I knew that I could catch one of them, Thad Wong. And so what I did was I found him during the conference. We had a brief conversation. And my goal was just to let him know that I was new, a little bit about my background, and that I was excited to be a part of the team. That was it. Short, sweet, but let him know that I existed. Then the next month, we had a big sales meeting, and it was at a hotel in this big ballroom. There were all these round tables set up and people from my office and many others were sitting way around the perimeter. 
None of them were sitting up close. Everyone wanted to be in the back, but not me. I went and sat right smack at that first round table, right by where the speakers would be. And Thad and his co-founder of App Properties, Mike Golden, would be right there speaking in front of me. And also, some of the other senior people in the organization were at a neighboring table. So now, in my first month, I had already taken initiative to email those people. And so by sitting at this front table, it also gave me an opportunity before the meeting to go over it and introduce myself and say, hi, it's so nice to meet you. Just wanted to put a face with a name, blah, blah, blah. And then that was it. Again, it was an opportunity for them to know who you were. And it's about making an impression. It's about that exposure. So then what happened after the meeting, I went back and chatted with those people some more. And also I made it a point to not only catch that again, but also to chat with Mike Golden, the other co-founder. So the point of me sharing this, I wanted people to know who I was and that I was a part of their organization. That was my mentality for every single organization I was in. Get the senior leadership to notice me, to know who I was. And depending on what your goals are, maybe you're not interested in the C-suite knowing who you are. That's okay too. But you should identify who are the key players for your goals. Who should know who you are and figure out what your plan is to get to know these people. So in my example with Mike and Thad, I was very intentional and deliberate with getting in front of them right away so they would know who I was. So be intentional, be purposeful, know who you should get the attention of, get on their radar, figure out how you're going to do that, but make that happen. Again, it's about them knowing you. But also, it's not just about them knowing you. It's what do they know you for? What's your brand? What's your image? This is where having a branding expert, by the way, like me, hint, hint, can come in and can really help you to fine tune and hone in on how do you position yourself. Now, of course, you don't need someone like me. But if you're looking for some help there, then you know who to reach out to, right? As a business owner, I got to let people know too, right, that I can help. So that's all I'll say about that. Now, back to what I was saying. People need to know what you want them to know about you. Think about your image. So one thing that I talk about from my Move the Ball book a lot when I do these corporate talks is this concept of playing like a free agent. And in football, as an example, a free agent is a player who is looking to get picked up by a team. They know that their contract is going to be up, and so they are determined to perform and show up and show out so that they can get picked up by a team. That's the type of mentality you need to have even when you have a job and when your job isn't in jeopardy. You always need to be thinking about how are you going to stay marketable, relevant, and adopt this mindset of being a free agent. You need to be known as the expert in your field and make sure that you are up to date on news, on new tools, on trends in your industry, all of that stuff. That's what I did. I wanted to be the go-to person who was in the know, who was the expert. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you some questions. I want you to write them down, and this is going to help you figure out this part, figure out being the expert, figuring out what you want people to know. So you want first, think about what am I known for? What is my expertise? Is that the stuff you want to be known for? Because if not, then maybe there's some correcting you need to do. If that is consistent, then that's great. Figure out now what differentiated value do I provide? How am I separating myself from other people on the team in the organization? How can I continue to upgrade my skills to stay current and relevant? What do I need to be doing? Have I been expanding my knowledge base and learning? If you have, great. Are you current on all the right things or are there some gaps? If you haven't at all, okay, what things do you need to start focusing on and put together that playbook? 
Am I someone who stays informed and up to date? What kinds of information should I be paying attention to? These are all questions that you need to be asking yourself and then figuring out what you need to do so that you can become that expert, that go-to person. All right, one last thing that I wanna mention here is mentors. I'm sure you have heard that mentors are important in life and your career. Do you have any mentors? If so, that's great. Do you have the right mix of mentors though? And if you don't have any, don't panic. Now is the time. I would strongly encourage you to start getting some. Let's start with the basics. What is a mentor? I mean, I know this is so simple, but just in case for anyone listening that might not be familiar, and I also want to level set on what a mentor is versus a sponsor, a champion, somebody else. So a mentor is someone who is a trusted and experienced advisor who is there to provide guidance, advice, feedback, and to support the mentee. Now, mentors are different than sponsors, coaches, and champions. And so when we come back and do part two of the show here very soon, this episode should drop in like a week and a half. I'm going to continue to talk about coaches, champions, sponsors, as well as some other tips that I did to accelerate in my career. Now, going back to mentors, you should think of your mentors as like your personal board of directors who you can come to and discuss different situations and gain their expertise from. So who are you going to ask to be a mentor? Again, you want the right people on that roster. This goes back to your job, and it also goes back to what your career goals are. So having that clarity is important. What types of individuals would be good to have as mentors? My goal, again, as you heard me say many times, was to be in the C-suite. So for me, I wanted, well, first, I wanted to be the CEO. So who did I have as mentors? Well, people who were P&L leaders of $100 million plus businesses. Again, I was focused Fortune 500, so big business. One of my mentors actually ended up being the CEO of the Boeing company even. So really, I mean, for me, it was figure out people that were strong in business, that were running big businesses, that had that experience so that I can learn and grow for them. So for you, it's really about who are those people that are going to fit the requirements for where you're looking to go? What types of expertise do you want from your mentors? And also you want people that have your personalities fit well too, because you want it to just flow. You don't want it to be some weird relationship where you find it awkward in conversation. So people that fit your values, people that fit the expertise you're looking for, are people that align with where you want to go in terms of your career growth and development. And then you want to just continue to cultivate those relationships. Now, I do want to emphasize that the role of a mentor is not to help you get a job. That is not the function of the mentor. Now, could a mentor be someone at some point that recommends you for a specific position because they know the person that's hiring for it? Yeah, of course you can make that ask if that seems right, but that is not the primary function of a mentor. So do not make the mistake of thinking that their role is to help you find a new job. As a mentor, their job is to be an advisor, to guide you, to share experiences, and to help you as you navigate your career. That's their role. Again, on part two of this discussion, I'm going to discuss more about champions, and those people are there actually to help you from a more career advancement standpoint and getting a new job. All right, so let's recap. First, you have to take ownership over your career game. It all starts with you. No one else is going to do it for you. I was in senior leadership again in Fortune 50 in my 20s, and my peers were in their 40s and 50s. There's a reason for that. I was very focused on owning my game and taking action to navigate my career. You can't be on the sideline here. You've got to be actively on the field looking to drive that ball forward. Next, 
It's all about getting clear on where you want to be and then figuring out what the skills are, what positions you want, what do you need to put in your playbook, what roles do you need to have, what experiences do you need to gain, and then execute on that plan. Third, get noticed. Get that exposure by the right people. So let's say that's 3A, okay? So 3B then is get noticed for the right things. Become the expert, which leads into number four, which is to play like a free agent. Always stay marketable. Always stay current. Figure out what it is you need to be in the know about your industry, your job function, the tools, the software, trends, all of that. You, again, want to be the go-to person. Lastly, get yourself some mentors and surround yourself with people who have experience and insights that are relevant to your career goals. All right, there you have it. Those are my tips for today. If you found these tips valuable, I'd love for you to do these two things. First, leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to the show on. And second, share the show with just three people that you think would find the show and this topic to be interesting. And again, if you are part of a company that has employee resource groups, we'd love for you also to share it with them too. Now, please do work on getting clarity around your career goals if you're not sure about where you want to go, as well as figuring out what you want to be the expert for. Answer the questions that I posed for you here today. And if you haven't listened to the podcast episode that I shared in the show notes on moving the ball in your career from last season, go have a listen to that one too. All right, one last plug. In both Move the Ball and Dominate the Game, I give you some more tips and guidance to help you get going in your career and to not only move the ball, but then to dominate and really to excel at your field. So you can pick both of those books up at my website, dominateandmove.com or online at Amazon. Thanks again for listening to today's episode, and we will catch you next time. Be on the lookout for part two of this topic. Again, it's going to be out here in just a few shows. You'll get to hear some great conversations with former NFL players in between now and then, and I will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thanks for listening to Move the Ball, everybody. If you were inspired by this episode, can you do me a favor and let me know? Go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And also, share the show with a few friends, too. Next, I want you to go to GetInsideTheHuddle.com and join our email list. This will give you priority access to tips and strategies that will help you get more done today. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. You got that? Okay, until next time.